How many know that God wants us to have a lot of faith? Amen. So let's go to John chapter 21. Get your Bibles open. I've got a, I got a word from the Lord this morning for you. John chapter 21. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak from my heart about how much I love Jesus. I don't know if anybody else in here loves Jesus as much as I do. I don't think you do. We can be in competition if you want, but I'm in love with Jesus. I love Jesus so much. And I was reading this little story here. I'm going I'm to go somewhere with this, so just pay attention. I believe that by the time this is over and we go to eat our fajitas, we're going to already be so full. Amen. Amen that we're not going to be able to eat or I'll take it home and eat it later. Amen. Amen. But I really believe you're going to get something out of this. I talked on Wednesday night about coming to these services expecting. So I want to talk about faith in just a minute, okay? I'm on, so you'll know what I'm talking about. But I want to read something here. This is, if you also want to make a quick plug. If you haven't seen the movie, movie Risen, go see it. Amen. Go see the movie Risen, amen? Who, ha, who has seen it? Okay, quite a few haven't. Okay, we, we, need, we need, when movies come out like this, we need to support them. We need to go pay out. We, sometimes we, you say, well, I'll wait till comes the red box or I'll wait till it comes to Netflix or whatever. But when it's a Christian movie like this, we've got to support it so that they'll keep making these things and that we'll make a statement to the world that they want to be seen. Have you ever, has anybody amazed at how many Christian movies have been coming out? I mean, it's unbelievable how many Christian movies have been coming out. Amen. Godly Christian. Now, now of course, there's some that are, you know. But I went in, watch, I'm, always, I'm always watching, and I'm, I'm trying to see if, you know, I've seen some movies in the past, there's been little things here and there. So I kind of went in a little skeptical. Me and Kristen went to see it Friday night, and I, and I went in kind of like, you know, I'm going to see how it is. I couldn't, I honestly couldn't find anything that I, that I thought was wrong with that movie. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was very biblical. And, uh, and of course, it's always little things people could do different. But I didn't see anything that was wrong. And it really lifts your, lifts your faith, amen? And, and so if you haven't seen it, go see it, amen? It really is good. It really, really is. And it's from the perspective of a soldier, if you don't know what it's about. It's, it's about his being risen from the dead, but a soldier that doesn't believe, a Roman soldier, is looking on and he's, he's trying to find the body. So please, go see it this week, next week, before it goes out of the movie theater so we can support it. But I, I was thinking about that this week, and, and it kind of pricked me to read this. You know, you get to that point where we watch a movie sometimes and we're so desensitized kind of in, in our lives of Facebook and Instagram and movies and all these things that we kind of see things and we kind of can lose the, 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 the importance of something. We need to realize that, that Jesus Christ is not a movie star or a persona that has been made. Jesus is God Amen. in the flesh. Amen. He came down from heaven and, and that movie is about a real man. Who, was, who, is, who is not a God, who is God, amen? And he came down to this earth, and 2,000 years ago, he became a man, and he lived a perfect life. And I'm not going to go into the gospel this morning, that, that aspect, but he was a real person. And, and I won't give the movie away, but there was a point in the movie where I, I got touched. I'm getting more touched now talking about it. Because I was a little jealous, and this man was able to, Oh, just sit right next to Jesus. Amen. Just, just be there, right there next to him. Amen. Now I know I'm, I'm right next to Jesus right now, but I'm waiting for the day Amen. when this flesh right here can touch his. Amen. And I can actually touch his hands and touch his side like doubting Thomas did. I'm not, I believe in him this morning. Amen. So it made me think about this part in John 21 verse 16. 
or actually not even 16, the, the verses of 15 about to, about to 19, and I'm not going to read that part. I'm going to get there in a second, don't worry, where Jesus reaffirms the, 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 the denial that Peter had done to him. Peter had denied Jesus three times. How many know that? He had denied him three times. He had said, I, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know who you're talking about. Jesus said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And a lot of times we as believers, we might not recognize it, but we deny Jesus. And we deny our beliefs in him, sometimes not by in here, but by our actions or by our words or by allowing doubt to come in. And in this, in this story, this man uh, Peter is being reaffirmed by Jesus and Jesus says again three times do you love me do you love me do you love me he reaffirms that it, Peter said yes I love you yes I love you yes I love you and there's this closeness and this bond there of him being changed and transformed and I want to say this morning that if you have not been changed and transformed by Jesus you probably have not met him really you might have heard about him, but you haven't met him. Because when you meet Jesus, real, meet Jesus face to face, he changes you. Can you say amen? He changes you from the inside out. He changes the way you think. He changes the way you walk. He changes the way you talk. He changes the way you act. Amen. And there's something that happens that it just changes everything about you. And sometimes we can't even tell other people what it means to us because words don't add up how many have ever tried to talk about Jesus and just you don't have enough words you don't know the right words to say sometimes amen and so we're seeing this part where Peter is being reaffirmed again and right now I want you to know that you're here this morning and God loves you and he's reaffirming to you right now that he loves you no matter what you've done no matter where you've been no matter where you've gone he loves you right now and he's going to continue to love you amen and if you've ran away from him for anything run back to him right now run back to his mercy and run back to his grace amen so he says these words let's look at this verse 21 then Peter turning around saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following who had learned who had leaned watch this who had leaned on his breast at the supper that's why i get jealous he got to lean against him and said lord who is the one who betrays you and jesus goes on to talk about who who's going to betray him and i really want, want you want you to see is 24 and 25 he says this is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things and we know that his testimony is true watch this and there are also many other things that Jesus did. There are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the whole world itself could not contain the books that could be written. Jesus did so many things that even if it was all, it was all to be written, that all the libraries in the world could not contain the books of the miracles that Jesus did while he was walking this earth, of the lives that Jesus changed, of the people that Jesus transformed. And we just get a few select ones that by the Holy Spirit he selected and chose. But I wanted you to know this morning something. It, this is a personal walk with God. And we have to have personal faith. And as I move on this morning, I want you to think about your walk. I don't want you to think about your husband or wives or your sons or daughters or your friends walk. I want you to think about your walk. And I want you to ask yourself in your walk, how is my walk with God? And do I really believe? 
Do I really, really believe? Dwayne made a great statement at the prayer time that we have to believe and we have to love and we have to praise and we have to trust in the midst of tribulation. Listen, you can say all you want that you love Jesus, but you're really going to find out who a true believer is when trouble begins to come and trial begins to come in your life and you begin to face situations where you, you don't know what to do and all you do is do what you do know to do, which is run to Jesus. And you need to ask yourself that on a daily basis, not just that, not just say, I believe, but do you really believe? Okay, do you really believe? There's another statement in Psalms 102 that's powerful that I want to just read. You don't have to go there. 106, sorry, verse 2. And it says this, it's a powerful statement. It says, who can list, and this is the New Living Translation, I usually read out of the New King James, but I wanted to, to, to change this word because New, New King James says, who can utter? And that doesn't sound quite as powerful as who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? And it says, who can ever praise him enough? Who can ever praise him enough? You realize we cannot praise him enough. Amen. We come in here and we say, oh, man, it's for 30 minutes. I'm a little bit tired. We cannot praise him enough. Amen. And you better start getting used to praising him. And you better start getting used to worshiping him because that's what you're going to be doing for eternity. Amen. You're going to be on your knees. You're going to be lifting your hands. Yeah, we're going to have a glorified body. But can you really praise him enough? And if you're saying, man, I don't know. He ain't done that much for me. Then you need to get saved. You need to give your life to Jesus. Because if he ain't done enough for you yet, you don't know him. Because Jesus never meets a person and leaves them the same way he met them. Can you say amen? He never meets a person and leaves them the same way he met them. They may go back. They may not want to change. They may deny his, his existence. But when Jesus touches somebody, they're changed forever. Can you say amen? How many changed people do I have in here this morning? Maybe you're here and you say, I want to change. I want to change. I want that. Listen, I want to tell you this morning that Jesus Christ is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. And I am a living example here this morning that he is real and that he is not some name, but he is the name. Can you say amen? He is the name above every name. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says demons have to flee. In the name of Jesus, the sick have to be healed. In the name of Jesus, people can be forgiven of whatever sin they've ever done. Amen. It's in the mighty, powerful name of, say it with me, Jesus. Jesus. You know, it's okay to get, maybe you're here like, maybe like Brian used to be. Brian's on his way back from a tournament. Maybe, maybe you're like Brian used to be. You get, get here after praise and worship because you don't like the shouting and clapping. But we go to a basketball game. Look at the Mavericks game next time they're on. 20,000 people screaming and shouting for a basketball, going through a basketball hoop. I love playing basketball, but that basketball hoop don't save me. That basketball hoop can't heal me. Only Jesus can heal me, amen? So it's okay to shout and clap and get excited about Jesus. That's okay. Matter of fact, we should be louder. Amen. Amen. We should be louder. We should be more excited about what he's done for me. I'm going to get somewhere, okay? I'm just leading up this because really, my mom, I've seen more in my life than I can remember. This this verse really hits me because of what David said. And I'm not in any way trying to compare myself to what David saw. But he says, who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord and who can ever praise him enough? I think about that and I say, my words, when I get up here to preach the word of God, I'm always falling short. 
Because my words are never enough. My words can never even express what's in here. And that sometimes is the hardest thing. You're saying, Lord, help me get out what's in here. You have something in your spirit, and you're saying, help me get it out to the people. But I don't, I don't have the words to express what the Lord's done for me before this morning because I've seen so many miracles. I've seen so many supernatural things happen in my life that I should have wrote a book. My mom always used to tell me, you should have wrote a book. And I should have. I would have been able to remember them. But you know what? You get to a place where God has done so much for you that you can't even remember them all. Now, you might be here saying, man, I want to be like that. Well, you can. You just got to stay saved long enough. You got to stay in this long enough to see God move. If you'll stay in this long enough, you'll see so many miracles. Can somebody tell me I'm telling the truth? You'll see so many miracles that you'll begin to not be able to remember when was or when the other one was. But you just know when you're about to face something, God's going to show up. God's going to do something in my life. I, I've been through this before. I've been over this mountain before. I've been in this valley before. I've seen this demon before. I've seen this thing before. It's nothing but a thing. God's going to bring me through it. I've seen so much, I can't go back. How can I list all the glorious things the Lord has done for me? Amen. So many miracles. But what I want to tell you this morning, I've got a word for you. It's a crazy word. It's ridiculous. That's my word. If you're taking notes, I want to talk about ridiculous faith. Ridiculous faith. Now, for some of you, you might think, ridiculous? What are you trying to say? Because obviously when you say ridiculous, sometimes people are like, oh, that's ridiculous. That's what I want people to say when I have faith. I want them to say, that's ridiculous. Because when you think about the word ridiculous, it means absurd. It means crazy. It means laughable. It means, come on. Right? Now think about this. When you begin to talk about faith, if you go to Hebrews real quick, chapter 11, faith, the Bible says, verse 1, is the evidence of things I can't see. Sometimes when we don't know the Lord yet, we got, we got across this place, we got people who've been saved 50 years, we got people who saved five days, we got people all over different times they've been saved, and so we're all different places. And we, we don't understand sometimes that how amazing it is to be able to be given by God the ability to have faith. Think about that. When we're about to watch that video, you, you, I say this a lot, we don't realize how much faith we use. We, we think, man, I gotta, it's so hard to believe in God. No, it's not. We use faith all the time, amen? We use faith all the time. Chris, can you put that thing up there? I don't know if somebody's back there. Is it? Oh, when did that go up there? Oh, cool. See, there's my, there, there, there's my, did they put that up before I said it? Okay. Someone's fired. Except they don't get paid, so I can't fire them. All right. Well, I thought I was leading up to something. Anyways. Anyways. I had faith. They were going to put that up there when I asked them. Amen. I had faith when that video was about to come on that I was going to hit that control and these lights were going to go off. You had faith this morning when you got up that you went over to touch the switch and lights were going to come on. Do you realize that you went to your car and you put your key in your ignition and you turned it with faith that your engine was going to start? You, you took your step out of bed to go to the bathroom. You don't realize all day long, every day, at every moment, you are using faith. It's a gift. The faith is the substance of things, or sorry, the evidence of things not seen and the substance of things hoped for. 
Okay, now the importance of that is to understand that I can't, I'm not, I can't hope for something I already have. So when we, we are having faith for something, we're having faith for something we don't have. Okay, I can't say I want to have faith to have a car if you have a car already. Because you already have that in your hand. You are believing for something. You say, I, I want to have faith. Maybe you have a job and you say, I want to have faith for a better job. You can't say, I want to have faith for a job. You have a job. But you can say, I want to have faith to have a better job. I want to have faith to have better pay. Or I want to have faith to get a promotion. Or I want to have the faith to start my own business. Or I want to have the faith to, to step out and do something. I want, I want to show you something this morning as we read that 11.1. Faith is the evidence of things not seen and the substance of things hoped for. Now, I, I, I was praying about this. I'm preaching Thursday night. Like I said, unfortunately, I have to preach in this. I say that unfortunately because you guys hear me all the time. But I'm starting the conference off Thursday night, and I was praying about it. I almost wanted to preach this message, but I'm going to give it to you today and not save it till Thursday, and then God will have to give me something else for Thursday. Amen? Amen. But ridiculous faith. I want us to, as a church to have ridiculous faith. Amen. When I see something, you know, I love sports and I love basketball and stuff. When I see some crazy, ridiculous dunk or shot, I just say, that's ridiculous in a good way. That's ridiculous. Like, it's, it's beyond amazing. It's beyond great. It's like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, awesome is another one of my favorite words, but this is even beyond awesome because it's just ridiculous. It's absurd that someone can have that much talent. It's absurd that someone could do that. It's absurd that God would allow me and you to believe in him and put our faith in him when we have not seen him. So when you watch a movie like Risen and you watch any of those movies about Jesus and you, and you pr- read the Gospels and you see these things, and I, I, sometimes as you might have come in here this morning, there might be somebody here or some people here that say, man, my faith's kind of low. Well, listen, if you ask yourself, do I really believe that Jesus Christ came down from heaven and lived in a human body for 30 years and then was, had a ministry for three years and then was crucified and physically as God died for human beings? If you believe that, do you realize you have ridiculous faith? Amen. Do you realize you have more faith? Listen to, to this. More faith than the disciples who stood there and watched him do miracles? Amen. I'm, not, I'm not trying to give the movie away, but there was a very great graphic of a leper in, the, in this movie. The Bible talks about leprosy. And it talks about, I mean, it's a horrible, horrible skin, horrible and it talks about literally the skin dropping, falling off of these people. And it was so horrible that, they, you know, in the Bible times, they couldn't even come into the city. And if they did, they had to be screaming, unclean, unclean. And there's this wonderful picture of this person in here, in there that's a leper. And if you would, be go, would go back, this is why we need to read the Bible. <clears throat> if you go back and read the Gospels again and begin to read some of the things that Jesus did, your faith would rise. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you need to go, whenever your faith gets low, you need to go read this thing. But here we are this morning having ridiculous faith. Some people would say it's ridiculous. that those, It's absurd. It's crazy that those people are at that church in that building lifting their hands to some person that they cannot see. Right, right. Amen. Amen? No, what's absurd is lifting your hand to some singer that's making a million dollars off of you and you're not going to go home and sleep in their bed or drive their car or go to their bank and buy the clothes they buy. That's absurd. We're here worshiping and praising a God who said, I'll give you life. I'll give you eternity. 
I'll give you a fresh start. I don't care how bad or how good you've been. I'll give you a new beginning. That's absurd, but that's awesome. Amen. I want to have ridiculous faith. So you think about that word. This is ridiculous. I'm in a ridiculous situation. How many have been in a ridiculous situation before? Guess what? A ridiculous situation needs ridiculous faith. So we say, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe, and I, and I can't speak for you. I'm, I'm speaking for me. I got the mic. I believe. And can't nobody shake that. Nobody can take it. Listen, I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen death right in front of my face. I've seen, as I said, all these things I couldn't, many times I should have been dead. I could tell you stories today. I'm not trying to do that today of times I should have died. I know many of you are here the same way. You cannot tell me that Jesus is not real, but I have not physically touched him or seen him. So I have ridiculous faith. But the same people who watched Jesus heal a leper. Can you imagine someone that bad, skin falling off, and just see their clear, clear skin go beyond what Mary Kay could do? Right. <laughs> Amen. Can you imagine just seeing that transformation right in front of your eyes? Can you imagine seeing some man drop through the ceiling who'd been paralytic for his entire life and he gets to the ground and stands up walking? Can you imagine somebody who had withered hands just going back to normal? Can you imagine seeing all the miracles they saw? Can you imagine seeing Lazarus walk out of the tomb after four days dead and rise from the dead? And still not believe? That's ridiculous. Right? Y'all following me? Because sometimes in the 20th century or whatever century we're in, we think that we don't have faith. Church, we got more faith than the disciples did. Because once Jesus died, they scattered. And went back to fishing. And they even said, I don't know if I believe that he's alive. I don't really know if he did what he said he was going to do. Yet here we are in 2016, not doubting. That's ridiculous. I want ridiculous faith. Y'all with me? Now look at 6. Hebrews 11.6, powerful verse. How many want to please God this morning? I mean, please God. You want to, you, how many want to know how to be happy? I'm going to give you a nugget. Please God. Make God happy. You make God happy. We, we men that are smart have a, have a saying, happy wife, happy life. Amen. Okay? Beyond that, happy God, happy life. Amen. Way beyond that. Make God happy. Please God. You'll be happy. Put God first. You'll be happy. Put God first. You'll have peace. Put God first. You'll have everything you'll ever want or need. How, what do you mean? Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Me and my friend Gilbert were talking about this this week. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what? Added unto you. So watch this. You want to please God? He says without faith, it's what? Impossible. Now, how many know that impossible is not even possible with God? Yet he says if you don't have faith, it is impossible to please me. So faith moves God. Now watch what it says after that. For he comes to those. So someone might be sitting here saying, you know, I don't really know if I believe. Well, you need to exercise belief. 
He says, he comes to those. I need a visitation from God. You're saying, I need a healing in my body. I need a touch in my finances. I need a miracle in my marriage. I need something to happen today. If you need that, you need to believe. And when you do, the Bible says, he comes. Amen. Where faith is exercised, he comes. Amen. He comes. He shows up. He says, he comes, listen to this, to those who believe that he is. Not those who say that he is. But those who believe that he is, this morning we have clothes on, we have bodies, we can't see our hearts or our souls, and only God knows and only you know if you really believe. And when you really believe, and the power of belief ties with the power of God, miracles happen. He says, to those who believe that he is, watch this, the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. Generic example. We've been doing all, we always do a little bit of work around the church to try to make it look a little better before the rally. Last year we did a lot more. This was an easy one. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thanks to all the men that showed up yesterday to work. Amen. So we're doing some things and, and there's a little office back there where they count and Kristen uses it for some computer stuff that she does for the church and it, a, lot of, a lot of places have gotten unpainted from when it was a club and a bar, and so they've always wanted to paint it. So her and Nicole went and got some paint and got some, some pictures and got some nice things uh, to put up on the wall so it'll look nice. And so they never asked me to paint it for them. I'm a painter. I, so I, I'm, it's one of the best things I'm best at. I used to have my own business. I actually enjoy painting. So free estimates anywhere anyone wants a paint job. Free estimates, right? Not free work. So see, they just say, we got the paint and all this. So because they didn't ask me to paint it, I painted it. They didn't ask. They didn't assume. They just said, we're going to go and we're going to exercise faith and buy the paint. And we're going to buy the stuff that goes on the walls. And they don't, See, they didn't understand how much work it was going to be to paint that room. Even when you're a painter and you know what you're doing, it takes a lot of time. Ours seem to do it faster when you're a painter. But they were going to come in on Tuesday about 1 o'clock. And let me tell you what time they would have left. Wednesday at 1 o'clock. I'm not trying to say they couldn't do it. Just that you don't know what the work is involved. But I did it because they didn't ask. And so they, they were moving by, I'm using this as an example. They were moving by faith to buy the paint. But that paint needed to get on the wall and because they had a good heart, I decided to reward them and paint that for them. So now all they got to go in is do the fun stuff. Amen. Put the stuff on the walls and put the glitter on and all these little things that they got and all these pretty things. Put the trash can down. Y'all following me? Amen. When you seek God and you have faith in God, the Bible says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. And I have seen in my life that every time God asks me to give something up for him, follow me on this. Every time God has ever asked me to give something up for him, he's always replaced what I gave up with something better. Because he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He loves, listen, he loves faith. He hates doubt. I'm going to stay here for a minute, church. You've got to understand, you want to make God happy? Believe. 
in, 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 in spite of whatever you're facing. What another wonderful lead-in. I always love how the Holy Spirit does that. Many times with the songs and with the prayers and with the offerings leading up to the sermon, we don't talk about what's going to be sung and what's going to be talked about. We just pray and let the Holy Spirit lead us. And it's always leading in to that place where the Holy Spirit's preparing us to be ready to understand, listen, this is about faith. It's about moving the hand of God. And we have a God who's standing on the throne this morning who is saying, all I want is some kids to believe in me so I can show my supernatural, miraculous power. I just need somebody to believe in me. I just need someone to say, do it, God. Just do it, God. You can do it, God. And if you can do it, I believe you can do it. And I just want to show you by just saying I believe it, God. And you just speak something into existence because the world was made through the word. When the Bible says there was nothing but darkness, God said, let there be light. And boom, there was light. Because faith moves mountains. Faith brings the light on. Faith changes lives. Amen. And if you'll just begin to say, God, I want to have ridiculous faith. Listen, God will give you ridiculous situations to have ridiculous faith for. Amen. Now, they're not always fun. But when it's done, it's fun. Because you can look back. And like I'm saying this morning, I'm not saying that to, to lie or to make it up. So many times, I just don't even worry about remembering them anymore. I just get to the new one. Now, you got to remember a few. Don't forget them all. Remember the recent ones especially. Because when you are facing that thing again, the devil's real good at saying, you ain't never faced this before. <laughs> right? <laughs> Have you noticed that? He's so good. Yeah. I'm not trying to give him credit. It's just the truth. Yeah. This is the father of all lies. Accuser of the brethren. So he knows. He's been around a long time. He even tried to fool Jesus. But he's been around. He'll be like, man, this is a new one right here. And if you can sit back and look at it, you've been through that 28 times. Maybe this year. And you're thinking, my God, honey. Man, we've never faced this before. Kids, what are we going to (laughs) do? If you could just see it, like, we just did that last week. That's ridiculous. It's a good word, right? Ridiculous faith. It's ridiculous to think about somebody walking on water. I'm, I just am so, have such ridiculous faith. I believe Peter walked on the water. Amen. I just believe it. I believe he walked on the water. I don't know about you. There's not one thing in this Bible, not one word, I don't believe. Let me go to another story real quick. In, uh, in the Gospels. Matthew 17. I've got several more. I'm not going to get there. Matthew 17. Don't read these Bible stories like stories. Read them like they are truth. And believe, like Dwayne said at the prayer, put yourself in there. Put yourself in the story. And say, this is me now. This is, I'm in this situation. And just like God moved for Peter... God's going to move for me. And you put yourself in that situation because the Bible says he, is no, no, he has no uh, uh, exception of persons. He, he does not uh, love one person more than he loves another person. But what moves God is faith. Yeah. If you've ever looked at somebody in any way jealous and said, man, I wish I had what they had, and it's, and it's spiritual and it's godly, it's not that God loves them more. It's that they have tapped into ridiculous faith. Amen. And they have learned how to believe God at his word. I cannot take any credit for anything God has done in my life other than the fact that I've learned to have ridiculous faith. 
I told you a few weeks or months ago when I was having one of those days that we all have, and you're facing things, and you're struggling, and you're going through something, and I talked to my good friend, Pastor Dustin, and he reminded me, you have ridiculous faith. He didn't use those words. I'm using those words, ridiculous, because that's my word. Amen? I didn't make the word up, but that's my word for faith. If anybody's been around me a lot, I said, that's ridiculous. Okay? So he said, you have, you have a lot of faith. And he had to remind me how much faith I had. How many know sometimes you got to somebody remind you how much faith you have because you feel like, man, I've lost my faith. How many have said that? I've lost my faith. No, find your faith again. God hasn't moved. Amen. Doubt has been allowed to creep in. And most likely, if you've lost your faith, you are not reading this. Amen. And you're not praying. And you're not coming to church enough. And you're not fellowshipping with other people who believe. You want to see mountains moved? Get around some people who believe mountains can be moved. Don't get around people who doubt. Don't get around people who say, man, that can't happen. Don't be around those negative people who are always saying, man, God's not going to do this. Man, this ain't going to happen. Stay away from those people and get around some people that say, man, do you believe that we can build a church that can rock the city of Denton, Texas? Do you believe we can build a church that can plant more churches? Do you believe we can see the blind healed and the lame walk and the dead rise? Do you believe those things? Get around some people who will believe that with you and you'll see miracles. There's always going to be negative people. There's always going to be somebody like Thomas saying, I don't believe. I don't want to be like Thomas. Thomas did not have ridiculous faith. Thomas had ridiculous doubt. Because there was 11 of them, and 10 of the 11 believed. And he's like, ah, I got to see it. I got to touch it. By God's grace. Come in. Look. Touch my hands. Touch my side. Look at this story. Awesome story. Matthew 17. I'm going to close with this. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax, saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings... Matthew 17. Oh, I didn't say a verse. Have some faith and find it. <laughs> 24. <laughs> 24. Sorry. Verse 25. He said, yes, and when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes, from their sons or from strangers? Peter said, it's from strangers. And Jesus said, then the sons are free. That's not what I wanted you to see. That's not the part, that's not the angle of the story. This is the angle. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go. Look at the person next to you and say, go. Go where? Wherever God tells you. Okay? Go. To the sea this time. And cast in a hook. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous right here. You want to see something ridiculous? This is ridiculous. What you're about to read is ridiculous. And when you have opened its mouth, sorry, take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you'll find a piece of money. Then give it to them for you and me. That's ridiculous. Can you imagine, Donnie, if I said right now, I want you to get up right now. Get in your car. I want you to drive to Louisville. I want you to grab, grab some fishing rods. I want you to go down, cast your thing in there. And the very first fish that comes up is going to have $10,000 in it. Bring it back. 
That's ridiculous, right? There's a lot of fish in that lake. And I doubt any of them have money in it. Right? But you listen to a story like that, and it's like, oh, wow, what a cool story. That happened. And what God wants us to, to believe is that what he did with Peter, he can do with us. So he says, go. Faith takes action. You're never going to do something for God unless you move. You're never going to see God's hand the way God wants to see his hand upon you unless you are willing to take steps of faith. And listen, faith requires risk. takes risk to say, God, I'm going to do this. And listen, a lot of times you need to do it scared. Do it afraid. I've, I can't think of a time ever in my life that God has asked me to do something out of my own power that I wasn't afraid. Even though I've seen him do it so many times before, you still do it scared. You still do it afraid. But you do it with faith. You do it with ridiculous faith. This is a ridiculous story. But it's true. And I believe it. But what we don't understand, what we don't do sometimes is we don't really we don't really put the two and two together that the person who told him to go find that fish is God. Amen. God. Not just some man, it's God. And I have seen over and over again, maybe it wasn't that he told me to physically go to a to a lake to fish, probably because he knows, knows, knows I don't like to fish. First of all, I'm a fisher of men. I don't like to fish, and all you fishermen can hate on me, but I'm just, I just think it's boring. But if, it, if you like it, awesome. I'll go eat the fish with you, as long as it doesn't taste too fishy. But if he asked me to do that, you know what? He probably would ask me to do that, because he would ask me to do something that I'm not comfortable doing. It'd be easier for him to say, go to the basketball court, Grab the first basketball you find, poke a hole in it, and there'll be some money in it. That'd be more comfortable because probably I'd go shoot around for a while first. And then when I was done shooting, I'd grab the ball and then poke it, right? But if he asked me to fish, that'd be out of my comfort zone. So you might say, I feel like God's asking me to do something this morning that's kind of out of my comfort zone. Well, that's probably God. Because he asked you to do things that are not comfortable. Can you just put yourself as I close this morning in Peter's shoes? Even though he's talking to God, he hasn't had that revelation yet, obviously, because he denied him later. Go fish. And the first fish you grab, just, just put yourself in your sh- just those shoes. Just, just imagine right now, if we just continue service, what would Donnie be thinking as he's driving the car to the lake? What in the world? He'd be thinking, what in the world am I doing? Am I crazy? Am I, this is ridiculous. All the way. But maybe halfway there, something would get inside of him Amen. called the Spirit of God Amen. that says, man, this seems right. When I first got in the car and started driving, this felt ridiculous. But the closer I get to this lake, something inside of me is rising up and causing me to believe that there might poss- I might possibly catch a fish, first of all. Right? That's, like, that's, that's enough. I mean, how many times have people gone fishing and not even caught anything, let alone I'm going to catch something with some money in it? 
So there's all kinds of things involved, but as he's getting closer, I believe something's rising up inside of him and he's saying, my God, this is, this is actually kind of cool because, man, if there really is a fish and there really is a coin in it, man, this is cool. This is going to be amazing. I get to come back and show everybody that I did what Jesus said and they're going to be like, where'd you get that? How many know when you get to tell a cool story, it makes a story really cool too. All the stuff you had to go through that was a pain and that was a problem, it just disappears when you have the testimony. It wouldn't matter how long he fished or how long it took him to get there. When he came back with that coin, he was the only one that could say, I did what Jesus said. Here's the coin. How'd that happen? And then Peter says, oh, sit down for a second. Right? It's fun to tell the story. Have a seat. Let's get some coffee. Let me tell you how I got the coin from the fish's mouth. That's what God's trying to do in every single one of us. He's trying to give us a story. Maybe you don't have a story yet. If you don't have a story yet, you're not using your faith. If you don't have a story yet, God says, I want you to have a story. And then he'll say, no, I don't want you just to have that story. I don't want you just, you know, some people have a go-to story. Right? Like it's the only story. And like they'll tell the same story over and over again. Right? How many don't like to hear the same story over and over again? It's okay when they get older like your grandpa. You know, your grandpa gets older. My papa, when he was getting older, I liked hearing the same stories again because it was my grandpa. But if it's not an older person, you don't like to hear the same stories every time. God doesn't want us to have a story. God wants us to be like in John 21. He says, Man, listen, I have had God do so many things for me that I can't even remember them all. But let me tell you what he just did yesterday. Come on. If you have to go way back in your mind to think of the last time God did something miraculous for you, it's not that God's dead. It's that your faith is. And God is wanting you to rise up again this morning. This isn't a a message to condemn your faith. This is a message to get you, hopefully, something inside is rising up and saying, man, I do remember what it feels like to have God do something miraculous. I do remember what it feels like to have God do something amazing. I remember last time God told me to step out and I stepped out and he did. I want to I feel that again. Amen. I want to know what that feels like. I want to have ridiculous faith. Amen. Musicians, you can come this morning. Ridiculous faith.